and we hear each other. Yep. Alrighty, so we're now we're recording. I mean, hey, this is relationships for us. I'm your moderator, uh, Big Goo. You know, uh, the relationship guru. You know, Big Goo for short. You know, uh, and today we got the rabbi and we got D Love Jones. So um, I ain't know exactly how y'all want to do this today, but you know, but we can give a brief introduction real quick of who you are and what you stand for. Ladies first. How y'all gonna put me on the spot? Y'all gotta, <laughs> set, the, y'all gotta set the tone. No, I'm I'm dealing. Well, I'm not a relationship expert like these two guys, but you know I'm always gonna I always get called by my girlfriends, and I'm giving the best advice possible. But you know, uh, I'm uh, I probably have got more experience than anybody because I didn't have so many failed situations. But it's all growth and it's all peace love and harmony well i mean people know the rabbi because they they feel the rabbi first before they see the rabbi here we go (laughs) (laughs) they always feel me first but similar to d love jones over the years you know people have always just came down sat down even casual conversations that turned into questions about the relationships that they're going through and their experiences and I always wondered I was like well they really came over to ask my advice about a relationship situation they got not that you know yes they come and say how your kids how's the family and then two minutes after that well let me ask you what you think about this so uh one day you know like I told Magic the other day just sitting around one of the friends was like man you know what you like a relationship rabbi and it, it just stuck so we just been rolling with it uh, for the last few months here, but I've been giving advice similar to you know one time the one thing about the big goo uh, D Love Jones he never really go into detail about his failed experiences, <laughs> but I've had a couple myself, and so you know we just trying to come together and collectively help people not go through some of the challenges that we had to experience. I think that's the definition of being wise. Why go through something that you don't have to go through if somebody's here to help you? Right, right, right. So, um, you know, I'm going to have to ask y'all to go to y'all perspective corners, and um, we're going to get ready to get this thing started, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I know what we left off last time, you know, and, uh, and I expect both of you guys to come out swinging. Uh, so the so the so the question is, does being broke make a man submissive to his wife? Okay, so we talking about wives, right? So we talking about husbands and wives. So how is he broke, and she not? Yeah, I mean, you know, when 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 she he broke, they broke, right? But if she got loot, he got loot. No, that's how it's supposed to go down, right? <laughs> that's why you that's, gotta watch who you marry. That that's <laughs> how we would like it. That's how we would assume it should go down. Uh, unfortunately, we in our culture today, we base a lot of things on titles. Uh, so if a husband is not financially fit, then he's not a good husband, or he's not a good man, or he can't be. I think financial currency is attached to success in so many different caveats. If you don't have money, you can't be a perfect daddy, but yet you help with homework during your downtime or maybe being laid off. Are you making sure the house is clean, but you still don't, you still get that stigma of what is he doing if he ain't working, you know, but it's not the same if a young woman fell short and the husband was working overtime and 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 working himself to death. Oh, he a good man, but he working eighty hours a week. But he's not being a good dad because he's not home to see about the kids because he always at work. But that's a whole nother. I I don't went no, down. <laughs> I think honestly, for real, I think it's um we gotta unlearn a lot of things, right? Like there's a lot of things that we learned that have now we, you know, have been toxic. Like we never talk about the, the toxic 
you know, I don't even know if there's a real term, but like toxic femininity, femininity. Like we don't talk about the, the expectations that have been put on men that are not necessarily fair, right? Like the, the expectation that a man is supposed to support the woman and the kids and everything and the woman don't really have to work. I think even though we've evolved somewhat, you know, from that and women work and women getting their own money and things like that, I think it's still that expectation of, you know, your financial standing being tied to your value. And if you don't make as much money as her, then it's almost devaluing you to some extent. And I don't think that's 100% fair. I do think that that imbalance, that can create an imbalance in a relationship. Like when they talk about in the Bible and they talk about being equally yoked, I think that's still kind of true. Oftentimes it does create an imbalance. And I think the woman has to, has to kind of abandon some of her expectations or the way that she's been kind of conditioned in order for it to work. And then they have to figure out, okay, what do both people bring to the table? I mean, it's the difference between a sorry man and a broke man. Like those are two different things. So I think you have to be in that situation and evaluate it to determine like what it really means for you. Hmm. And so if a man is really trying and he's trying, he's trying, he's trying, he's trying, he's trying again, trying again, but he just but it's but the you know but the ball is just not bouncing his way uh in the time frame that a woman may expect say hey well you had enough time it's been six months it's been a year it's been two years and you hadn't got the train to roll um you know uh have he has shown you that he's not a sorry man by the way his effort is keep trying but he just hadn't had any success or is it the fact that he hasn't had any success makes him a sorry man. I wish they had invested that time before they got married. Then we wouldn't even have to answer the question, is he sorry or is he just going through what we call life? Um, I mean, things I happen that, when you get married. Things happen. I mean, but you cut me off. Uh, so basically... <laughs> <laughs> Who in the ring now? <laughs> but no no i'm just joking with magic uh but um, excuse me the big goof but no you it's a valid question i'm just looking at it in the instance of even the situation that my friend had you know when they got married his wife you know she got laid off but then all of a sudden it was a year and some change before you know she even found work or two years at that time but before they got married. She was always having issues on the job, switching jobs here. I got let go. I'm going to this job. Got let go. This, that, third. Now, we're not saying she was sorry because she always had a job. It was just her work ethic uh, didn't, didn't match the situation. Like, you can't be jumping from job to job to job when you're married and got kids, you know, and it was just her as a person. She wasn't happy with where she was in life. So she was taking out, I would say, her anger at certain jobs. Like, oh, I'm 35. I shouldn't be working at this place. I'm 36. I should be working at this place. I should be where my friend is, just that at the third. And she was always getting uh, let go from jobs. But that work ethic, if he had dated her a little longer, he would have saw that she really can't keep the job because of some other issues she has going on without the job force. You see what I'm saying? So when he get married, he's like, well, yeah, I'm going to support you, this, that, and the third. But when you around here thinking, uh, regardless of how they disperse finances with bills, but let's just say her money that she had was for the, the, the baby diapers and the milk. And every month or every three months, you turn around, she done got fired, and now you got to rebalance the finances to get pampers and milk again because you can't keep a job. That don't mean she's sorry. It's just her work ethic <laughs> just didn't match what he thought he was getting before they got married. But they didn't date long enough for him to see that. No, I think that makes sense. I think, but I mean, also, I think it, I think that some of that can be solved by being with somebody longer before you get married. But I also think like you never really know um you know, how a person responds to kind of like a layoff or, you know, not having, I mean, I know I have a friend that I'm really close to that has been looking for a job like legit for four years. Mm -hmm. Like 
just get not being able to get back into his industry and his field and like working as a substitute teacher and doing all of this stuff. And it's like, that changes a person and you never really, you probably will never see that side of a person until they go through that. So even if you date somebody for four years, that don't mean they gonna experience something like that. That happened when he was 15 years into his career, you mm -hmm. know? So I think, I think also just, I mean, it's just problematic. The financial aspect of things can be very problematic in itself because it's like we all, if you're talking about a lifetime of a relationship with somebody, then you're not going to always get the same person all the time. You know, like you're going to have to adjust with the way that, that life comes at them as well. And so I don't know if it's just like, you're going to be able to know that they work ethic is whatever. Cause you might think, well, this person had had an established career as an accountant and now they haven't been able to pick that back up. And then you might be telling them, well, why don't you just go, you know, be a, a football coach, you know? And they like, no, I want to be an accountant. So they waiting out getting another accounting gig for four years. And some people can't understand that. You can't, but that's, that's what I'm saying. I, I can tell a lot about a person's day-to-day -day ethic and apply it to their work ethic. It's just like Coach used to say, if you be to be early is to be on time. To be on time is to be late. And I've been in relationships where people have been procrastinators, and those same people will sit there and say, "Well, I, I, I don't, I don't know what's going on with my." And I'm not applying this to everybody's situation, but if you get it up and you're showing up to your previous jobs or your current job late at least I would say two times out the week. And then you want to ask me and say, well, why do you think I'm not far along in my career? And I give you the honest opinion. I say, well, in my opinion, I, I think you're a procrastinator. I mean, you, you, you know, I, I don't have to see you go to work and what you do when you're there to see why you're not where you're supposed to be or where you could be. So for, for somebody to not be in their profession, um, for four years and just keep looking and looking and looking and looking and looking. I, I, I mean, you know, sometimes you got to take what you can until you get back. I've been there. Yeah. And I just be transparent. You know, when I got laid off from Auto Trader after working there for eight years with two degrees, it was two years before I got back into my profession, but I could not take the luxury to pick and choose what I had to get. I had to Uber, full-time. I had to live full-time. I took, uh, I worked uh, at least in offices for a year, got laid off from there. And I'm looking at myself and I'm like, I know I'm good at what I do. I'm always prompt. I'm always on time. But at the end of the day, you got to walk, like I said uh, to a friend the other day, sometimes you got to go to the cave to get to the castle. And a lot of people don't want to take that journey to be successful. And it's not always financially to, to define success. It's just being aware or understanding of who you are. That can be success too, depending on the person. But I still hadn't got the definition of sorry from either one of you guys. Like I'm still trying to figure out what, you know, how we're going to sum up sorry, you know. Uh, I think it's, a, it's a matter of perception. I mean, we're going to probably have two completely, def completely different definitions, but where Tay took it was, I mean, where the rabbi took it was more so like, work ethic and really what how are you playing into your inability to get and achieve different things which i think is oftentimes where you say somebody sorry because they're not out there trying to get it or they're not grinding or they don't have that work ethic that you may have so i i define sorry as somebody that's comfortable living off of you and not making their own way i don't think anybody should be comfortable in this situation Mm -hmm. you know especially when you're not living in the other person is not living in excess where they are they are offering that to you so yeah. that's a most women <laughs> for most women it is hard to love a dreamer for men it's not as hard to love a dreamer um you know because men are you know in most cases if we can we are the provider and we're gonna make sure that we do what we do to make sure everybody's right. But for a woman to love a dreamer. So you say that the guy said, hey, I've been working in accounting. All I'm going to do is work in accounting. I'm not going to empty no trash. I'm not driving no Ubers. I'm not doing nothing but waiting on, because this is what my dream is. And, and you know, and I dreamed I was going to make it this way. Women have less patience for dreamers than men. 
challenge. It's me. You, you, excuse my friend, but you better get your shit together ASAP because it all comes back to the up. Now, in this example, because that person, let's say we're looking at the age group between 20 and 30, you really haven't experienced a late, like uh, D. Love Jones said earlier, you haven't experienced certain things because you haven't lived life yet. So I didn't finish, I didn't experience my first layoff from a great job until I was 30. So I can't speak to that at 20. You understand? But what I can't, <laughs> but what I can say is my mother said, when I leave the house, everybody needs to be leaving the house, including the dog. You need to go find a bone. You need to go do something, but you're not going to sit in this house all day as a dog and think, I'm going to come home, feed you, and you just do what you do and come back and lay down again. You got to do something. They dream. Uh, yeah. I'm a dreamer too, but I'm a doer. You know exactly. what I'm saying? But take I'm 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 also a procrastinator. You know, like these are things that I can I can get I can I can do myself because ain't nobody ain't nobody like checking me. Like, <laughs> but, <laughs> you want to rap by one make it. Right. No, that's what I'm saying. No, 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 but no, but look, but see, but I but this is where girls ain't gonna get it, D Love. No, but this is where when you're in relationships, if you are mature enough to want to grow in where you know you need growth at, mm -hmm. you can say, you know what, that's his strength or that's her strength. This is my weakness. I'm adult, I'm grown enough to say, Hey, D Love, I have an issue with pressing. But I see that you always on point. I mean, everybody has their day every now and then. But for the majority of the time, you are up at five. You are making your meal plans. You are balancing your checks. You are uh, forecasting everything that you can forecast to your ability for the next 30, 60, 90 days. Can you please help me with that? A lot of people don't want to have that conversation, even with their spouse, that they're supposed to be your best friend. Right, but the, the question is, are you going to your spouse as a critic? Are you going to your spouse as a problem solver? You know, like, are you going, you know, like, are you saying, look, I got an issue with your work ethic or I got an issue with your procrastination. Or are you saying, hey, I know this is something that you struggle with. I've been with you long enough to know these are the ways that I, I feel like I can help you in that area. Because Correct. that's what I feel like. I need somebody that is willing to accept that is like a flaw. Everybody have flaws, and, and and but like I said, it's all about communication, being tactful, and you as a spouse, you will hope that your best friend, who is your spouse, can come to you, and when they say some things, you become uh you become in a place where you know it's not personal, mm -hmm. and you become in a place where you know it's tough love. It's just like I had a conversation with my daughter the other day. She did one of her math problems wrong. And I looked up and she just got teary-eyed. And I was like, what's wrong with you? And she's like, I always feel like I'm doing something wrong because you fussing at me. I said, stop, let's go on and break this now because <laughs> I don't want you taking this along with you in life. Mm -hmm. I said, did you do what you were supposed to do? She said, no. Then I explained to you what to do before I walked away. She said, yes. But what did you do? I did what I wanted to do, daddy. Okay. I said, Marla, in life, you can't do what you want to do. Unfortunately, that's how life is set up. I was like, you can't go around. I say, even in, you know, that's why I'm, I trickle down into, you know, uh, the prison system and just tell her that's why people sometimes get locked up because they're doing what's not, what they're not supposed to do. And they know right from wrong. I said, but baby, what I don't want you to do is to go in life thinking that there are no consequences for what you're doing wrong. And a consequence today is I'm disappointed in you because you just did this math problem right. And when I walked away, when I wasn't looking, you did what you wanted to do and got it wrong. Yeah, but I think you're wrong. How and, am I wrong? And because you're wrong, you know, because you, yeah, you know, you tell you she always doing, yeah, she did a math problem wrong. She did what she's supposed to do. Did she get up and walk away from the table? Did she, you know, now, now she may have tried a different, uh, she may have tried a different way of getting an answer. She may have tried to get the answer. The answer was wrong. So how does she, right. her way but didn't she, work. But, but she experimented. 
Don't experiment on my time. You experimented with somebody else. See what I'm saying? See, you was wrong. How am I wrong and she and she got all A's? Right, but she had the but she had the right feelings. What I'm saying, she always felt like she's doing something wrong. But because if she steps out and tries to do something that's a little bit different, now this is gonna happen in life where you're gonna say, you know what, baby, go down this road, go to school, get a job, and whatnot. They they might say, you know what. I'm not gonna go, but I want to try something a little different and see if this formula work to see if some saying because how you know that she's not a genius? How you yeah, know yeah. she tried that way or tried it her way two more times? She she she, 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 she wouldn't start getting it right. You guess wrong. what? That baby is not wrong. You know. Guess what? Guess what? Guess, guess what? Back me up. Guess what? When she 18 <laughs> and she on her own, she can do trial and error all she want. But guess what? She can let hold on. Let me. I let you oh, say right, what you. But what I was trying to explain to her and to your original question was, regardless of what you did wrong, I'm still gonna feed you. I'm still gonna clothe you. But as your father, my job is to correct you to make sure you do it right, so you don't have these mistakes going down the line. So when she's 18 and 19 and she comes in that roadblock in life, and she says, you know what? I think I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do this. Because what the first thing she said was, I feel like. Take your emotions out of the situation. If the teacher explained that this is how you do step one, two, three to get the answers, why would you go one, five, seven, nine and think you're going to get the answer? That's not experimenting. That's doing what you wanted to do because you were being lazy and didn't want to do it the right way, which was longer than you wanted to take. You can't, that's not, life is not about shortcuts. Put the time in. Put the work in, and you'll get the results. I agree. And when she's nineteen and eighteen, she can do what she want to do. Yo. You on mute, D Love? You on mute? Oh, sorry, guys. I I agree with what Magic is saying, but I think y'all both right because Magic is saying that's how that's how like you think about Facebook. You think about Twitter, you think about all of these social media companies that have disrupted everything like they didn't get it by taking the same approach as everybody else. They might have taken some shortcuts because they felt like there was an easy, easier way. So but I totally understand what you're saying, Rabbi, because you're saying if I took my time to explain to you how to do it the right way, then you need to do it that way. But, you know, they say a hard head make a soft butt. Experience oh, yeah. the best teacher. So. I, I mean, it's too. It's, as a parent, you saying, "Look, do it the way I told you to do it," and then you gonna, you ain't gonna have to, you know, keep messing up. But Magic saying, he's saying, "Look, do it differently. Try it a few different ways. But if you don't get the solution, you are gonna have to circle back around and do it the way that you were taught. But you might actually find a better way." If one plus one is two, I ain't no way in the world you can come back and tell me, Daddy. Rabbi, they teach teaching math way different than they used to teach math. I don't even understand it. I get it. I understand. And that's, what, and that's what I'm trying to And that is what I'm telling Marley. I've learned the new way they taught you. you I know. You, you can't do new math. You crazy. I, I know. Okay. You can't do the new math. What's up? Hey, listen, listen, I have to bring up in this. I got that number line down pat, Doc. They can't get me. <laughs> I got it down pat. Hey, I I, that's, that's exactly what, what one of the issues where I showed her both ways. I showed her the old way, showed her the new way. I show, I was mad because she got the new way wrong. This is the way they're going to test you. This is the way they're going to put it on the milestone test. And, I don't have, and she's smart. And I'm not saying she's no way below uh, the medium, but I was just trying to let her know, look, look here, there are kids taking these tests, sweetheart, that are not being able to go to the next grade because they're doing it the wrong way. They got parents that not taking the time to sit down and help develop you into understanding these requirements in third grade math. They got these kids writing essays, and that's a whole nother conversation. I think it's ridiculous, especially with this online learning that they expect these kids to take these milestones in third grade. I think the next one is fifth grade. No, fifth, sixth, no, sixth is third grade, eighth grade. I think it's three, five, and eight. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the graduation test. 
for uh, senior graduated seniors. Like, how do you expect these kids to to flourish and be successful? Uh, it's already hard enough to be online, but for a third grader to be able to write a full fledged essay, and let's just say they have a parent that is not familiar with literature and understanding introduction and paragraphs and things of that nature, that's not that's not success to me. They don't care because they got a prison cell waiting for that third grader that's not going <laughs> that's not passing their test. They do not care. So you gotta, I mean, without the parents, like they doomed because they don't care. They like, oh, you got a low test score. We know exactly where you're gonna be in however many years. So well, let so me this, do this. Okay, because we gotta stay into a relationship type of time, but I'm gonna stay in, I'm gonna stay in both lines. But I'm I, I'm gonna stay in both lines. Fathers lane. and daughters are relationships, but right. It anyway, is, go ahead. I'm going to stay in both lanes right now. I'm going to ask some because this was a situation that happened at a school um, and I was helping um, a dad, you know, um, with his um, child where he had two children at the school. He had a boy and a girl at the school. And, um, you know, we say, hey, you know, because they were trying to determine whether they were going to take the children um, out of school and send them to job court. So we're trying to make that decision. So, you know, so we end up little parent teacher meeting or whatever, however that goes. So I'm there and I'm um, there for like a support uh, person. Uh, so I'm there and they asking the guy, they asking the dad, like, hey, why do you think your kids are not performing well uh, and they're not testing well? And the guy, he leans back and he said, honestly, you know, you know, all I can think of is they mama a little slow. Hey. <laughs> so, now, do you think a statement like that will cause a problem in a relationship? You know, if the, if the dad felt like, you know what, he was like, the only thing I can think of is the mama a little slow. You know, she's not the best reader herself. Um, but I, that's the only other reason I can think of why my kids could be testing bad poorly. Well, first of all, uh, which goes back to the conversation me and D-Love was having, test taking, test ta taking is a skill. And regardless of them teaching and, and just flooding these kids with all this information, they need to learn how to digest it and regurgitate it under a timeline and perform successfully. For an example, and I'm going to answer your question, Magic. When you're doing the, the, the reading exam, they teach the kids to read the answers first and the questions before they read the passage in these big schools, you know, the traditional private schools and academies. The schools on the South Side, they just learn to read the passage and answer the questions. But do you not know that you reduce the chances of you going back to read the passage if you read the questions and the answer first before you actually start reading? You'll finish the, the, the questions a little faster. Magic, I'm asking you. That's the no, question. I, no, no, I, I don't agree with no... Um... Yeah, so test test take test taking is a skill. Second question: Some stuff is hereditary, <laughs> but it takes a village to raise a child. So regardless, if the mama was slow, if she was she in the room when the dad said that, no, she wasn't in the room. Of course she wasn't, because they probably would have been together. Yeah, they were together. <laughs> Yeah. That leads to my next question for you, D. Love. Like, could you see yourself um, being with someone that you felt like you were smarter than? Yeah. But first of all, that was my question. I'm sorry. I, I don't know. That was that was. No, 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 I'm, I'm with you. No, let me tell you. Let me tell you. It's that is a very good question. Let me tell you, that's a very good question because um, oftentimes. I think you have to redefine what you really consider smart, right? Because when it comes to book smart, yes, I can I can see myself being being in a relationship with someone that I'm more book smart than, because what I look for in a man is more so street smarts, as well as you know what I'm saying, formal or you know educated intelligence or whatever. 
because the the first man that I loved is like that. You know, my father. You know, my father is a blue collar worker, but we could talk about stocks and bonds and all types of stuff. And he still he still be giving me the game on pol politics and things like that. But he don't have a formal education. He got a GED. You know, so to me. What I love most about him is his street smarts. I love that you can't run game on him in no way, shape, or form. And But do we have the same level of education? No. But that's not necessarily what matters to me. Like, I do want to have, I, I, I don't think intelligence has to be equated to having a formal education. So I do want you to be intelligent. I don't want you to be slow. But I, I would rather a man this, this quicker, I would rather a man this quicker than me that got more street smarts than me and maybe even more common sense because you know that's going to be more beneficial to me in a relationship like i want him to be like hey that ain't the way you need to approach it so what if he had the street smart but you go to a restaurant and now he's street smart he with it he know how to handle himself in the streets he know how to hey look don't fall for that don't do this um but he get to a restaurant and he like you can't read the menu like you talking about like illiterate yeah, he can't read <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, I think it was like not completely illiterate, but like, listen, you can teach somebody how to read, though. You know, we can, we can. Well, let me let me tell you though. For, seriously, my my daughter's dad, his his first language was not English, so I can definitely oh, say that I was read. still, huh? You said so. You saying your daughter, daddy can't read? He his first language is not English. So when we were together, I was having to read stuff for him and break stuff down for him because English is not his first language. So if I look at it from that perspective, then I would say we can, I mean, I don't want him to be illiterate, but you know, that doesn't mean, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of people out here who who are doing a lot of amazing things and they still struggle with, with formal literacy. Right. So D. D love, you know, so it's been out on the street, it's been out in the community, it's been out everywhere. Like this is just a rule of thumb. I'm hearing, like, hey, you know, um women love a broke man because they say, hey, um more women, more professional women would prefer a broke man because he's a better lover in some instances. They say he's a better lover. Um they say a guy that's not that bright is a better lover. I'm saying, as they say, it ain't nothing like, you know, I, I hate to use the term, you know, and I'm trying to keep it PG, but they say the term is, you know, it does nothing like dumb dick. And, um, <laughs> um, so just from your perspective, you know, and I'm, you know, and, you know, and, 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 and I'm not trying to say anything about you, D-Love, but I'm just saying, like, probably in your lifespan, you know, like, you know, I, you know, I'm pretty sure, like, you know, like, there were a couple of dumb ones in there. Okay. Let me just, let me say all of this. If you want some, if you, if, if you want somebody that's just there for, for the sausage, then, then go for it, right? But you don't want to be having a conversation that the man was just having about his kids. And you got to explain why your kids is a little slow in certain areas because you decided to be with somebody and procreate with somebody that, that you knew was a little slow because they had some bomb D. Like, to me, like, yeah, I'm just way past that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to come with the whole package and it ain't always going to be like, oh, you might have to give in a little area, but that's not going to be my primary area. Like, I'm not going to choose the D over all of these other qualities. Now, Rabbi. Mm-hmm. Now, Rabbi, now for men, you know, we see a body. We see bodies. We see she bad. She can be dumb as she can be dumb as a donut. But no, I mean, as they say. Hey, dumb as hey, we're not going like we're not thinking, hey, if I get her pregnant, what my baby is going to be special. We that's not the thought process to us. Mm -hmm. Am I right or am I wrong? I'm with you. I'm listening. So. Like, is it a deal breaker? Like, for you know, like she says, not a deal breaker, uh, for her that you know, like if he, you know, can't maybe maybe a little bit illiterate, may you know, be a little bit special. No, no, uh, no, no, no. It's a difference between illiteracy because because I'm educated enough to know where the where the root of that lies, right? 
lack of education and lack of formal literacy skills is something that's, that is attributed to systemic issues in our education system and things like that. So I can think past that and I can meet someone and know that they are naturally intelligent, but they may struggle in that area. And I'm not going to be like, oh, he's slow. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, oh, he probably lived this type of life in his, and he didn't, you know what I'm saying? He didn't get that formal education, but I'm not talking about somebody that's slow. Yeah. That's a whole different woman. thing. You are, you, you are a great woman. I like, you know, like, you know, like you're a great woman. Like, you know, like I need to meet a woman like, like you, like you, like you, like yourself that, you know, cause I know I'm special. Like, I know I just don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, but, you know, but I learned to use it, you know, in a productive way, you know, like, hey, uh, I say all the time, I'd rather be retarded than stupid. Um, because, you know, because if you're retarded, you get assistance, people help you, they, uh, uh, you, you have less expectations. Um, you know, like when I, like I tell you, I tell people out sometimes when I was going to work at Department of Labor, I'll tell you, you know, they'd be like, hey, you late, you supposed to be here at eight o'clock. And I'd be like, well, what happened at eight o'clock? Ain't nobody tell me what was going on at eight. I, like, you know, so so they say, you know what, we're just going to get him an assistant that can be here at eight o'clock and he just not going to get it, you know. And when you go into a relationship, that's where, that's where men mess up the most in relationship is being smart, being intelligent. In a, that's the worst thing a man can do in a relationship is be intelligent because now that woman's going to say you should have known better you put yourself in a situation to know better I'm not I don't know but I look I'm special well I'm going to tell you this I, I was going to respond uh, when you gave me the question I think if, if you know she's slow and you slow enough to lay down and procreate with her you just as slow as she is you know what I'm saying? Like, if you know, okay, she got a bad body, but I know I can't handle a kid with this chick, then you strap up. Like, I'm not, you know, that should have been your first go-to anyway, especially in these days of times. But, you know, that's a sensible answer, but you didn't put it on the line before. We all didn't put it on the line before. We, it just, <laughs> it just been that we didn't, we didn't gamble. We didn't roll the dice. I, I done rolled the dice, but I ain't never rolled no dice with no broad I thought was slow. I'm gonna be a You did. You probably know she was slow at the time. If I'm sitting here interested with it, yes, I do know. Yeah, you know, you don't know every. You know, listen. I'm how a... you tell me about my life? I love how you tell me about my life. Like, <laughs> I know. you love telling me what I done did. You're a typical man. You right. think you're a typical man where you yeah, I know this right if here. If she hey. bad, she don't even got to say nothing. If she that's bad, she probably got, she. if she bad, she probably got a mama or a daddy that's probably not hitting on much, not that smart, like bad, like, like if she bad, like if she bad, like I think that's the curse for being like, if you like, I think that's the curse for being like, um, like if you were like a, a, a like if for a guy, do you like, a, like you like the girls kind of guy, you like that fly guy and such, 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 you know, like, and you ain't really hitting on, you ain't really hitting on shit cause you thank you the shit. You know, you might get cursed with a bad daughter. Like, your daughter might be bad. Like, she might be the shit. Like, you know, because so, you know, like, when, when, when I see a bad woman, I see a bad one, I be like, shit, somebody, somebody ain't shit somewhere. You know, like, I automatically think that. It's women right now that's bad and brilliant. Like, stop it, okay? Yeah, I know ain't hitting on nothing. No. So, 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 so you, so, okay, let's flip it. You have I I know you have daughters. We ain't gonna say the number because you probably want everybody in your personal life. I got two daughters. Okay, so you have two daughters. So you mean to tell me you the one that ain't shit? Yeah, I think I gave my daughters um their attributes to society. Yeah, for yeah, I'm the one that you know. Cause I would you know I'm the one that had life screwed up for a long. Like I was I would like I would I would hell on wheels. Okay. Let me tell you what you do. We, what you, I feel like what, what dads do that when they ain't got their act together, all they do is welcome the same type of men into their daughter's lives. That's what I think. I think then you get to see a reflection of yourself in the, in the people that your daughter ends up dating. That's where it's cringeworthy. That's where you really see that reflection. You'd be like, dang, I was a good dad, but you wasn't a good person to maybe her mother or to other women. And so look, now you see she dating a person who was just like you used to be. 
Or maybe she chose him because he reminded her. Right. Of her. Very true, because he can have some of those same attributes. But, so you know, like you know, like about them Beyonce, her daddy ain't shit. So he had to go <laughs> with <laughs> he. So he got so every man in the world talking about banging your daughter, like you know what I mean. Like this, like this is the curse that happens. Like you know what I mean. Not saying that you know she's a bad person or something. I'm just saying like, hey, hold on, be let's be clear, Beyonce, mama tough. So you would assume and her daddy probably won nothing. Oh, no, okay. Was, yeah. <laughs> like the thing, my daddy Alabama, my mom Louisiana. You see what I'm saying? So her mom was is still attractive in her in her peer group. So if you could rewind the clock 40 years ago, her Beyonce mama probably better than Beyonce was in her twins. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is, when you see two attractive people, more than likely you're gonna assume that their kids gonna gonna be attractive. So I don't think, in that essence, it, it, to your plot twist, what about it could have been Beyonce mama because she probably had every Negro in Louisiana trying to get a hug, especially if she Creole, which I think she might be <laughs> speaking that twain. You know they was after, but it took a slick cat from Alabama, just like you, sir. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> why, why these, you know, why do all these unattractive pastors have such attractive daughters? You, you uh, I don't know that correlation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going down that road with you. Right. So I don't I ain't seen a lot when you say pastors, you speak of the black pastors, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean well. I hadn't seen a bunch of it. Like you know, I don't know what's attractive when it comes to different races. Like you know, everybody look. You know, like once it gets past our culture, I don't really under like you know, like hey, you. I ha I can't say that you know, I have absolutely seen a very unattractive white person as I can say I've seen an unattractive black person because you know, because we more conditioned to seeing. Black, our people, you know, like we 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 know what unattractive is, and I, but like usually when you see somebody that's unattractive of a different race, they have some kind of like um, you know, they have some kind of like um, disability going on. Um, Magic, I'm that. really concerned about what you're saying right now. Like, and I'm not trying to say that you're saying what you're saying because. I feel like I'm trying to say, I'm trying to think that you're not really saying what you're saying. <laughs> right. Right. Because, like, first of all, yes, I can see literally right now, I can spot them out in the grocery store. White girls that look like trash and, and Hispanic girls that look like it's just easy. Like, attractive is attractive, unattractive yeah. is unattractive. Now, if you would have said, I don't really look at, like, and dissect other women because I'm really only attracted to black women, then I would have been like, okay, I'm going to let him have it. But you basically... Yeah, that's something like, the rabbi would say. That's, okay. the, I mean, that's the... that It ain't about being politically correct, but that's the tactful way of saying what you're really trying to say. But to say that somebody that's unattractive, that's like that's Caucasian has to have a disability. <laughs> but that's also like like guru. Like I, I can't I can't get with you on that because it's almost like you saying, no, all white people is beautiful, but sometimes they look bad if they have a disability. You know, that's that's no, kind of like you know do you get upset as a as a female, do you get upset with black men that find white women attractive? No, I don't get upset. I get upset with black men that they find white women attractive and start to demean black women as a result, like to justify whatever they feeling internally with themselves. That's my issue. I'm if you love who you love, it don't matter to me because that's just who you love. But when you got when you stand in this position of oh, I got my white queen because white women is this and you, like when you start with those comparisons you start demeaning women that look like your mama and your sisters and your aunties that's when it's a bigger issue to me so i don't care they who you date let's see because i remember when the uh the river i remember when the rapper by he had him a little bunny <laughs> what <laughs> what are you talking about 
nah, nah. It, listen, if, if if you're speaking of a, a story I told you, I never, I never. Let me clear this up to D Love because I see her facial expression. I'm just interested. Like, what yeah. the? He he's he he is being magic. But I'm gonna tell, and like I always say, I think that's what makes me unique is I'm always transparent. Now, when I was in high school growing up in East Point, there was a young lady in East was, Point, yeah, I'm from Did Washington. You go to a private school? Listen, no, I went to Tri City. Come on now. I said it was white people over there. That's what I'm getting. Let me let you tell the story, my bad. One, one white girl, you found it. That went to Tri City, but because she grew up around us, I don't know if it was something in the water, but she was built like a sister. She had a body. If you covered your eyes and you just moved your hand around her silhouette, when you opened them, you would think she was black. That's how she it was. Seems built. like a very vivid memory for you. No, I'm just being transparent. I mean, because the way you was like talking through yeah. it seems like no, it's, I'm, it's I'm like she was top of mind for you. I'm a storyteller. That's what that's my gift. That's my superpower. I make oh, you okay. feel like you were there. You understand? Okay. So, okay. All right. It seems so, like you was reminiscing a little hard right there. But but what what ended up happening was uh you know, playing football. I wanna say a uh um nationwide like superstar, but locally I was pretty known. But being popular, she want all the black guys in the neighborhood always wanted to talk to her. All the black chicks was cool with her because that's what she grew up around. She hung around black girls, talked like black girls, talked like you know. But when she wanted to date me, uh, you know, I come up in a multicultural household. My my dad was is from West Africa. So my mom is from Alabama. So that that was a little different. She grew up during the civil rights. Uh, she was in second grade when their schools was mixed with, you know, white their white counterparts for the first time. And uh, they raised us differently. They didn't raise us to hate people, of course, but they raised us to respect our culture. And the young lady wanted to date me. I told her, I said, you attractive. I said, everybody, you know, crazy about you, but I, I can't do it. You know what I'm saying? And so my best friend, uh, we was coming from football practice one day, and he said, bro, what are you doing? And I was like, what you mean? He's like, shawty, you, you ain't bit down on there yet? I'm like, bro, I can't. He said, I understand the chicks going to be mad. They going to be pissed, but the fellas going to feel you. They going to understand. <laughs> He was like, but you ain't got a data. I say, but that's what I'm saying. She don't want to, she ain't trying to just have sex. She ain't trying to just smash. She really want to date. And I was like, I just can't do it. You know what I'm saying? So uh, he's not telling about this story, but I just want to be transparent. I don't want to seem like black men can't be attracted to any other uh, woman based on their race. Yeah, I, you know, like I had a big thing for Sandra Bullock. You know, um, that was the that is like like what I'm talking about blind side I saw it like it was so um you want you wanted that white savior man listen like that's what you was attracted to listen I went to looking at my birth certificate trying to get adopted and everything like you know what I mean like this had to be the luckiest guy in the world like I said, what what was really going on like why why haven't I got blessed like this you know what I mean and to even and so to even have the conversation, it was starting to get offensive to, you know, I was in my situation at the time, um, in my situation at the time, and, and you know, and, and, and my other half at the time, she was like, you know, cause I'm touring, I'm doing comedy, I'm traveling, you know, and she like, oh, I bet you, if you was in California and you ran across Sandra Bullock and, uh, and, and you had a chance to be with Sandra Bullock, I bet you you'll be with Sandra Bullock because you'll be way in California and, and I wouldn't know nothing until the stuff with me. And I was like, nah, see, you see, look, you, you need to get to know me because, I mean, because Sandra Bullock can be right here in this house and you can be in the next room. And, it, you know, and, and I'm not passing on Sandra Bullock. Like this, like, you know, um, 
And it was so, so, but for a man to express, you know, his admiration for a, uh, of a woman of a different race, uh, religion, creed, or whatever it be, sometimes as black men, we don't get those passes. Like, we, you know, like we are zoned, like we, you know, we are, are, are put on this thing, like you better not admire anything but a black woman. And if you do, you are some kind of Uncle Tom or you're some type of weak black man that don't respect your sisters, don't respect your mothers, don't respect your daughters, you don't respect where you come from. If you have any kind of attraction or strong attraction or express a, and a stronger uh, this desire for anything besides a black woman, we are held to that standard. Okay, so let me ask y'all this. <clears throat> Do y'all feel like black men are more attractive than black women? Hmm? Say that again. Yeah, we had both lean and scream. What the <laughs> I, I mean, that was that was just it was a very simple question. No, Do no, y'all no, no. feel black men are attractive? No, listen. I'm saying in a general sense, not like y'all, not like not like y'all gay. I'm saying when you think about where men, where black men sit in overall attractiveness in this in this grand scheme of things, right? And black mm. women, do you feel like? I'm not asking y'all to say yes. I want to holler at a black dude, but I'm saying, do y'all feel like black men are more attractive? More people want to be with a black man than more people want to be with a black woman. Okay, that sounds more I mean, like this sounds better. So, so you are okay with the hypersexualization of black men, like you, like, because you do realize that's what that's about, right? Globally, no, hypersexualized. I think it's factual. Globally, how would you know? You, you, you straight, so you don't know. I know. Globally, yeah, I, would, you know, when I walk into the room, I see how you know. What I'm saying, I see how women look at these shoulders. No, man. So, she, what she's saying. I, okay, I'm gonna reword it for so magic. Let me bring it down to, okay. to the he, side level because he ain't. I so told you I was special. I think. <laughs> Let me bring mm -hmm. it down. So magic, you go to Africa, you go to Brazil, you go to any any continent on this world, right? And then you take a black woman, she go to any continent on this world. Who do you think she? Who's gonna get hit on more? The you or the black woman? The black woman. Okay. And why do you think that? Because there's something about the black woman that's really magical. But do you really think so? But then, but that's why I asked y'all from a more general sense because um, if you think about it, everybody's trying to get them a black man right now, right? Black but so I think I don't think black men give black women credit for our dedication to you all. You know. Like we want y'all for who y'all are, not just because of what y'all have, right? In a, in a gen in more general sense. Like most black women that I know, a black man is their first choice. And it's not because of the y'all, it ain't because of the Mandingo theory, you know? Like, but I don't think that that's always the same way for black men. I think black men are more like, you know, love who you love. And black women are like, nah, I want a black man first. And so I think for, when it comes to y'all being criticized for wanting women of all backgrounds, I think that's where the tension lies because not only have we been, you know, have we been just beaten down by everybody, right, as Black women, but it's also like our dedication to you, we want it reciprocated, but it's not always, right? And even if a Black man is with a Black woman, that doesn't mean that he is pro-Black women the same way we are pro-black men, you know? I, I don't know, D-Love. I, 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 and I like, you did so nice and, and, and strategic how you presented your thought. But for me, just knowing, being a black man, um, and even when I spoke to you about the, the, the young lady, you was like, where did you go to school? You know, so I haven't been around a lot of uh, Caucasian teammates, high school, college, you know, went to HBCU. Um, the first time I probably had a classroom full of white people was in grad school. Mm -hmm. um, and even then, you know, the black men that was in that in that dynamic all wanted black women. I mean, I don't, I can't, I can speak on one person that I know personally 
And I know a lot of people, and I'm talking about as far as more than just associates, as our real close friends. I had one friend that married outside our race. He he married an Italian. And if you know, if you black and you see them down the street, you'll say she white. Forget the fact that she says she's Italian. She white the earth. So all my clothes. Italian American? If you Italian American, you're white. Yeah, but when we see you in in Dillard's, you white. Ain't anybody asking you a lot of questions. So, so, so what I'm saying is that all my, my close-knit circle, my cousins, my uncle, you know, we've all married Black women now, but, but this is the caveat to that. If it was a time that they did have a, a, a blended family, it's a baby mama, it's not a wife. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So... I'm just giving us a little, a little nudge of credit saying that, yeah, we do dabble. And yes, we do have kids, and I'm not promoting to have kids without marriage and just that thing, but things happen. Mm-hmm. But when we do have it in my uh, circle or in my lifetime, it has been uh, a black woman that they have married. And if they did have an outside uh, interracial child, it was a baby mother and not a wife. Right. I'd like to give you credit for saying that the black woman is pro-black man, you know, and it and that and 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 I can attest to that um, to a certain extent because today's woman, today's black woman is more pro-security than she is pro-black man. Uh, you know, um, white women don't see black men as security unless they are on a certain tier. So, um, so, so the options for black men to have a black woman is not that wide. So, but I think that since I think the black women are more likely to date outside their race than a black man now, because they're more pro security. Mm, that's a tough question. It's not true. I'm telling you, right? I mean, if if so, I try not to all, but I do, you know, if I survey my circle, I'm in the same boat as the rabbi. Like, ain't nobody in my circle down with, with nothing else but a black man first. That's what I'm saying. Top priority. If if you gave me what I wanted, if I could draw a picture of him, he'd be a black man. If I if God said just draw him, tell me what you want, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. Like to me, and so for me, it's not even a, it's not even about attractiveness, but I, and maybe that is where it is for men, right? Because maybe when men are going based on attractiveness alone, that's why they're just more open to women of all backgrounds. But for me, it's really about like where how you were brought up, what your values are, what your beliefs are, and all of those things. And to me, it's hard for me to marry the way that I feel on a day-to-day and my opinions and thoughts and really finding somebody that I could vibe with that came from a white family. Like he got to be on some, uh, some other stuff all the way for me to be like, Oh, okay. From the intellectual level and on a, you know, just, just us being able to connect in on in that way, that's not necessarily physical. It's going to be hard for me to form that connection with a white man because the first time we start talking politics or the first time he be on some all lives matter, it's gonna be a real problem. And so that's where, like, I already know, that's why that's not even attractive for me. It's funny you mentioned that. Um, I saw an interview with Dr. Umar, uh, maybe been two, three years ago, and I don't think he was on the Breakfast Club, but he was somewhere, but he was, they had got on that topic about the athletes and the, the celebrities who marry uh, white women. And, Dr. U- and I never looked at it like that. And Dr. Umar said it, uh, he said, when a black man marries a white woman, he's showing his political views. And I, and, and you just spoke to that. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. I never looked at it. And he just, you know, got into different chambers and broke it down. But like you're saying, that if the topic came up about Black Lives Matter, he was just saying that particular person would probably say, yeah, black lives do matter, but all lives matter too. Mm-hmm. And he has that mindset because he has a white wife. So yep. he's already showing you his views politically before the issue comes to mainstream like it did this past summer. But 
Uh, it does. It does say a lot about how you marry. It does say a lot about how you politically view certain topics about the African. And, uh, and I just feel people. like, you know, from my perspective, I feel like black men. Like, I mean, I want. I would. I. It's, this is not. I'm. It's not me being like anti-feminist, but I would love to see the black men taking a lead in some of these. You know, these. Uh, you know, activist campaigns and all of that stuff. Like, I would love to see black men at the forefront of it. Like, if we go back to your original question, like, should should if the man don't have no money, you know, should he be submissive? It's like I don't really feel like it's natural order for a man to be submissive. Like, mm -hmm. I, I just don't. You know what I'm saying? And it's not, it's not, that doesn't demean me. Like that don't mean I need to be under his feet. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think that it's like a natural order for a man to be submissive. And I think it, it's going it's, to, it could ultimately cause issues on both sides. Like if a man ain't bringing nothing to the table, so that he got to do everything the woman say, then how is that going to make him feel based on what is inherent to him and how he should stand up as a man, you know? So but it's like, if you go, like, I don't necessarily feel like as a woman, I should take the burden or, or like, I would love to be in a situation where I have somebody to follow that exactly. I believe in, that is intelligent, that is powerful, that is strong, that is all of those things. That doesn't mean that I'm less than him, but I just, I just, you know, have always revered the position of a man. And if they're doing the right thing, as they should do. Like, I feel like they have the power to lead, like they have the power to change lives and not that women don't because we see it happening right now. But I'm not all like, oh, let's make black women the face of everything and leave black men behind. I think we all need to be there, you know? I appreciate that. That's, 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 that's heavy. Um, Miss D. Love, <laughs> I enjoyed you. I think we got a, a lot of uh, dialogue built today and I'm looking forward to seeing you in face to face next Sunday correct are, are we zooming still we'll talk about that we'll talk let's about just that. ask the CDC what's, what's the right yeah, recommendation yeah, okay, let's just go based right. off CDC recommendations before we go I got two topics that we can discuss next week oral sex is it a standard by black women now, like Cadillac seats. Is it a standard? You know, all Cadillac seats come with leather. I don't care what trim you get. If you get the 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 the, the extra trim, the you know the fifty thousand dollars, sixty thousand dollars trim, you gonna get leather seats. Nowadays, oral sex used to be a cliche for black women back in the mid nineties, or in my peer group, ninety two, ninety three, uh uh. I ain't gonna do that. But right now, we got music and we got certain songs that are promoting oral sex and the things that come with that. And a lot of black women these days and this timeline are not really offended by it. So I just wanna know if you feel comfortable with that topic. Um, is, is, is that something that you disagree with or agree with? And two, should you remove pictures of your ex when you start a new relationship on social media, I think we should build. We, I think we should build. The one just then, you looked over. My phone, no, my phone was going off. Like, I think we should build to like the 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 sex conversations and stuff. You know, I just. So let me just say, it's not that I'm uncomfortable. Let me say this: it's not that I'm uncomfortable per se, but it just, it's very private to me. And so okay. I, like, uh, like if we was having this conversation among me, you and Magic, that's different. You know what okay. I'm saying? But it's like, it's like, I don't, I don't know if I want something to live online where I'm talking about, you know what I'm saying? Sex and oral sex and all of that extra stuff. Like mm -hmm. not that well, we can uh, touch upon it. What, what you were asking or the, or the thing, say when what context with that thing, is it, because uh, I don't think you were asking it in a context, in a personal context. I think you were asking it in a context of, is it a new norm? Correct. I but wouldn't I mind talking about it as part of a broader conversation, but I wouldn't want that to be our discussion topic. So let me say that. Yeah. You know, so because I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that to be like our entire conversation is based on that. No. Oh, no, but no. If it's brought up within a conversation, 
then I can say as much or as little as I want to, but it's yeah. not like the headline is not. That's just small talk. You know, we we're a little more yeah. we're a little more educated than that. Yeah, <laughs> so but it's a real conversation, and I'm but, not. But that does bring up something though. But that does bring up something about uh, what's aggressive and too aggressive in the bedroom, and what if your partner asks you to. Um, do something that you're not comfortable with doing out of the blue, out of say, you know, so mm -hmm. you know, uh, and does that and can that destroy a relationship, you know what I mean? Because you were like, Oh, I didn't know you were that nasty. So let's, um, mm -hmm. you know, so you know, so I think it's, you know, yeah, I think, you know, like, I don't think it's just R sex, I just think, you know, like, you know, um, I mean, you could do um, people that swing, people that. Go to uh, trapeze. There's a lot of avenues that that can be the headliner of the conversation. I just thought because of the, like I said, the music that's been coming out here recently with the young gentleman with the song called Throat Baby. You got females bouncing around, you know, in the club with their bottles, singing the lyric word for word. So they're promoting something that they hear, but at the same time, when we hear the word B and Ho in song.